When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am back with another incredible episode of the official Caps Chirp Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. <clears throat> I know it's been a while since I put out an episode, maybe still reeling from the disappointing season the Washington Capitals have had. But uh, I said that episodes would be sporadic on release uh, this offseason and during the playoffs. I think I'm going to plan on doing like a full, like a, an epi that's just like the the round recap. And of course, any Washington uh, Capitals news, which there is some this week. So uh, happy to talk about that. Jump right in. If you um, are an OG here, thank you. If you're new, welcome. Love you all. Mean it. Let's pop some tabs and get it going. One, two, three. All right. So our first little piece of league news. Daryl Sutter was fired by Calgary. Um, I'll be honest. My eyebrow raised a little bit for this as the Capitals are looking for a new coach. I don't know if Daryl Sutter is going to be a good fit, but he does deepen and make more competitive the coaching market, the head coach market for sure. So um, <clears throat> that could probably be a good thing for the Washington Capitals when negotiating contracts and length and, uh, you know, cost overall. But uh, I'm not sure that the Caps are going to go for somebody like Sutter, who's usually puts out a pretty strong defensive team. But, you know, we're trying to get younger. We're going to need guys to take to, to get more ice time and and you know see what they really got uh spe- specifically young guys and i'm not sure dale sutter's that guy but <clears throat> you know all the best wish the best of him um when he was with la and his press conferences with calgary they were fucking awesome so i do respect him as a coach but i'm not sure it's going to be a good fit for us uh as caps fans though i bet he would be i'm sure he would be considered <clears throat> maybe not interviewed or beyond one interview or kind of just a quick feeler. But I don't believe that the Washington Capitals really are in a position to uh, not consider everyone. And I hope they do. Um, Okay, but let's go on to some more league news. Really, we're just going to be talking about the playoffs here. Um, The first round. I don't know if you've been watching. I've been watching limited thanks to the shitty coverage that ESPN gives us, right? They'll let they'll let the games air on ESPN two, ESPN, TBS, and all the Turner fucking channels. But they won't. They only stream like one a week on ESPN plus. 
That is some baby back bullshit, and they need to change that. Um, I just want more shit for free. Or else nobody's getting paid, and I'm going to watch them using certain sites in which I may or may not have frequented before that I have just stumbled upon randomly on the internet that is showing the games. So take that for what it is. That's my bitch for this episode. Uh, the matchups. Let's let's start out west. Let's start out west with the big one. Um, Seattle versus the Avalanche, right? The Avs, I pick the Avs, but Seattle pulls off the upset in Game 7 and, and wins it, knocking the defending Stanley Cup champions out. This was a hard-fought series. I think Seattle really surprised a lot of people. They surprised the hell out of me. That's crazy. Uh, you know, props to them. All on the back of Philip Grubauer. Uh, ever heard of this guy? Uh, you know, ex-cap, ex-av. You know, talk about a chip on the shoulder from Grubauer. He's absolutely putting together a stellar postseason. Um, and <clears throat> he's already like a two-time cup champ, so... Good for him, man. I love to see it. Uh, Lundqvist was on the coverage talking about how his style is very much a blend of old and new. Um, and he likes it because Grubauer is a little bit more of a stand-up kind of guy, but he's still a traditional butterfly goalie. So um, great stuff. Awesome to see how Grubauer is you know, being pushed to the forefront and how he's you know, just getting the props that he deserves. So love it. But that's the first crazy upset. Um, the Wild versus the Stars. I picked the Stars. They won in six. The Wild suck. I don't really even know how they they limped in. It seems like you know it's just, that's just one of those teams that just cannot get over a hump. Um, and you know who knows what's going to happen with with their organization as well if they're going to start moving on from management. I'm be honest, I haven't been paying too close of attention of all of the management and leadership in, across the league in the past couple days since the first round ended as to who's getting fired out of spite. Um, and I'm not sure there's been much, but look, that was a, that was a pretty easy call and glad that we at least got that right. Jets versus Vegas. I had the Jets, but they, that's another team that just can't get over the goddamn hump and the injuries didn't help them right in this series. They had three of their top six forwards injured a defenseman in Morrissey, who was the second leading scorer in the league. I think he had 76 points from the blue line this year. That's huge, huge year for him. But it just, he got injured. You know, not a great look um, for the Jets on longevity standpoint in the sense of how injured their players were. And these are all players that have battled injuries in the past. It's just uh, very, very sketch. And Vegas ended up ending that series in five, unfortunately. The L.A. versus Oilers. I had the Oilers. Uh, I thought L.A. put up a really good fight. I think that they they punched the the Oilers in the mouth a couple times, but the Oilers did end up winning in six. Uh, so let's move on to the East. And you know, say what you will about the Oilers, but they have so they're so stacked offensively that I think a lot of people are bandwagoning them to see McDavid and Drysaddle get what they deserve. Um, and I, I, but I'm not totally sold on them to being cup contenders as far as they may make it to the to the um, finals. But and I guess it's anybody's game at that point. But I would I've still got to favor the East. My uh, no matter what happens, I still think that the cup's going to come East. Even though we look at the Florida versus the Boston Bruins series 
And in a monumental meltdown implosion, the Bruins give up this series in an overtime loss in Game 7. Holy shit. I'm surprised Boston's not burning by now. It, I would not blame Bruins fans for crying. This is totally unexpected for one. I'm quickly becoming a Florida hater. They're just such a, a persistent team. And they have some really underrated talent especially offensively on that on that squad and obviously you know they've got the the defensive talent as well and they've always had Bobrovsky who seems to have kicked the old uh playoff jitters that he'd struggled with on pretty much his entire career which is why he's never won um in any case though Florida's got to be riding high I don't know what their chances are in the next round but holy smokes i mean it, this is i think this is beyond the 2009 blow up though the bruins are now in in the same company as the washington capitals being the best team to be upset in the first round by the lowest seed in the in the conference so hey you know bruins fans you got something to to identify with caps fans with even though we are not like you at all um the just you i i i'm at a loss for words because i had at least thought the second round for the bruins come on anything under than a stanley cup finals appearance i think would have been or at least an eastern conference finals appearance is a complete failure on the season considering how much they steamrolled everyone in in the regular season and you know it's i saw a tweet that was like oh it's just regular season doesn't matter it's just who tried harder, and that's what happens on the point standings. Like, yeah, I'm sure effort is really the main thing that drives uh, performance of, of teams overall. I can't buy that, um, and and specifically because the Bruins didn't just win the President's Trophy. They won the President's Trophy in record-setting fashion, absolutely buzzsawing their way through the entire league, had a plus 127 Something like that. Goal differential. I mean, they didn't just win the President's Trophy and get the most points. They did it in stellar fashion. And they absolutely destroyed opposition consistently throughout the year. Um, it does leave questions like, where's Krejci going? Where's Bergeron going? Are they going to run it back again? Is management going to let that happen uh, for Boston? You know, this really was their what I thought their last shot at glory for that, that core that they'd had and that they'd won with in the past. I just, um, man, just what a collapse. Uh, and for your Marshawn haters, I'm sure you enjoyed watching him cry. Uh, it was, it, it's just been a, a crazy turn of events with the Avs getting upset in the first round and with the Bruins getting upset, uh, in the first round, another upset, the lightning versus the Leafs. I had the lightning here. Okay. Now, I get that that was mostly a biased call because the Leafs have not been out of the first round in how many years? Decades. Um, but the Leafs end up ending it in six. And is this finally their time? Uh, I think that it's largely been considered throughout the league that the Maple Leafs have had a such a solid core, especially offensively, that they can that they should be, you know, at least out of the first round, at least out of the first round every, every year. Um, but they haven't done it except for this year. So 
to me, that is an upset. It's upset city all, all, all day long uh, for the first round of the playoffs. So uh, needless to say, if I had put in a bracket, I didn't, but if I had put in a bracket, uh, I, we, I would, it would be fucked, completely fucked right now. I'm sure a lot of people's brackets are totally effed. So, Hey, this is why the NHL playoffs are the best sporting event that you can watch of mainstream sports in the world. The Isles and Canes, we pick, I picked the Canes. That was, that ended up being right. Just the Islanders were not a contender. Um, They limped in and, you know, their defensive prowess, if you will, got them to the place that they, they got them into a playoff spot, but they did not perform very well against the high powered Canes. I believe the Canes are a little bit banged up, so who knows about their longevity? But uh, I had Can- the Canes one and six, and then the Rangers and Devils game. Um, Swiss goalie Akira Schmidt has has just proven a more than reliable backstop for the Devils, and only a second year in pro hockey. Vitek Vanacek, ex cap, is backing up, and then the Rangers came out for Game Seven and put out a pitiful fucking display. Uh, they ended up losing, I believe, four to nothing. Or, uh, it was, or it, it was a lopsided victory. And the Devils, from puck drop, from initial puck drop, took the game to the Rangers. And the Rangers were basically on their heels the entire game. They couldn't get much offensively going. The Devils are just so team fast that they make you think you have room through the off or through the neutral zone, and they just take it away in the blink of an eye. Truba laid a big hit on Timo Meyer in the last game. <laughs> and listening to Ray Ferraro and whoever the fucking other guy is that he, they that was announcing the game tried to justify this hit, which was just in the face like of Timo Meyer, ended up carting him off. Uh, you know, I don't think he returned, and I'm not sure he's going to be able to return for the rest of the playoffs, much less next couple of games. Um, you know, that's definitely a dirty hit. Uh, and I think it should have been probably a major, at least. Um, I don't even know if the league's going to go for it, but, you know, the announcers wanted to talk about, well, it was center mass and blah, 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 just because, you know, but still, the I do feel that the primary point of contact was his head, uh, and clearly an injury resulted from it. So bad look for the league, bad look for Truba. They definitely got away with one. They didn't even call it. Speaking of which, the officiating in this playoff has been both for all teams, for everyone, absolute dog shit. Uh, NHL refing has always been terrible, right? It's always been bad. It will never be good. But we are reaching to new lows uh, this playoff season, which is sad. Um, and, you know, of course, this type of hit, you know, my team's down like 3 nothing. I'm going to try to take that hit every time. But I'm not, you know, obviously get lower Try not to make the, the head the point of contact. But this game happened so fast. And to call Truba like a target, did he target that? No, he saw an opportunity and took it um, for sure. And, you know, we dealt with this with Tom Wilson, you know, these type of hits. I just don't believe that th- this is something that you can eliminate from the game altogether. I don't know if harsher punishments would actually cut this stuff down. You know, uh, the reason I say that is because if you look at the, you know, the old school hockey, when, you know, what was the punishment? You know, if you watch any of these enforcer movies, there's a couple out there that are really good. You know, what was the punishment for hitting Wayne Gretzky? 
it wasn't, you know, even cheaply, you know, hitting him from behind, doing whatever. It, they didn't care about the penalty that they were going to take. They had to deal with the enforcers that were on the team beating the shit out of them for touching uh, a player that is a, a skilled player. So when you when you kind of dissect it that way and you think about like how hockey kind of self-governs and how that culture is, it's going to take a lot more than just a couple of rule changes and cracking down on this stuff uh, than the, to, to, to get any actionable, reasonable results, I think. You know, the hitting is is a lot cleaner than it was. You know, Cogliano also got boarded. I mean, but when the game that's played so fast and, like, you have to make these quick decisions automatically, um, sometimes you just throw the bad hit. Uh, <clears throat> while I'd like to see people not be injured, of course, uh, due to this, I'm not sure that you can 100% eliminate this from hockey. I ju- it's just people are flying. You're allowed to hit. Sometimes you make bad hits, right? Um, it happens. So I guess take that for what it is. Um, the one thing that that would would really probably crack down as far as rule changes go is like any head contact is automatically severely punished. And are you going to have, you know, but then you have to ask yourself, like, are you comfortable with having these calls dictate the outcome of a game? Because I definitely think it would. Um, And maybe deservedly so, you know, you you threw a ill-advised hit and, you know, it just happened. But you look at Truba here and he does hit high, but he is formed up. And he's, you know, close in. He didn't chicken wing the elbow or anything like that. And the initial target to Ray Ferraro's point was center mass. Um, It just so happened that in the millisecond that Timo Meyer crosses the blue line and is still trying to dangle through two people, he has his head down and he's leaning forward. Um, That's a situation that happens a tons, hundreds of times every every week in hockey, uh, and sometimes it ends bad, uh, and that's what we saw this time. So, you know, a lot of outrage as always, but if we start thinking critically about it, I don't know what could be done. Anyways, the Devils do pull it out in seven, and I'll be honest, I've got I'm I'm bandwagoning the Devils now. You know, the Bruins I was I was in support of. I that's not happening um, clearly crazy enough, but, um, I'm really liking this devil's squad. How awesome would it be for Lindy Ruff to win a fucking cup? You know, he's never done it. It would be as a head coach. It would just be so, so good for him, especially after all the hate that he received prior to this seat, you know, prior to the devil's going on a heater, uh, you know, the sorry Lindy chance from the fire Lindy chance, uh, were pretty epic. So, uh, not only that, you look at the young talent that is definitely punching at their weight or above it in, in on the New Jersey Devils squad, and it just looks like a really good young team that could, could definitely be a hard out moving on. So in the second round now, we have Carolina versus New Jersey. I'm picking New Jersey. I think Carolina is a little too banged up. I'm not sure they have it all in the tank to get past this team. It's going to be a really fun series to watch, though, because both of these teams rely on their speed and their offensive creativity. Um, and they're both backed up uh, with some pretty good goaltending and defense. So I think all around this will be a very entertaining series to watch. Um, 
you have Toronto versus Florida. <laughs> Against my better judgment, you know, you look at teams that have come over a hump and then they're and then it's almost downhill from there. The Washington Capitals did it uh, after winning the cup in, in 18 or during the, the cup run in 18. You know, they got past Pittsburgh in the second round and, and it was history from there. I've got Toronto. Plus, like I said, I'm slowly starting to hate Florida for some reason. Nothing, nothing tangible there. Just starting to hate them. I don't know. You can't can't justify this sometimes. Um, the Stars versus Seattle. I think the Stars. Now that the playing field is is evened out a little bit, I think the Stars have a real shot at going deep. Um, so I think Seattle did well, but I don't know if their depth can can stand up to the Stars. Uh, considering Pavelski is now back, who had four goals in the first uh, game of the second round. They ended up losing. So Seattle is up one in this series. But uh, I I still think the Stars have it in them uh, to to get it going. Um, so Seattle leads that series. And even though I picked Toronto, Florida did win their first game. So yesterday, the Panthers did beat the Maple Leafs four to two and the Kraken beat the stars in overtime five to four. Again, f- four goals from Pavelski on, on that. What a, what an absolute heater he's on. Um, so who knows what's going to happen there. They pushed it to overtime. Um, and it's just game one of the second round. So I'm still holding, holding fast. So I didn't, I did not alter my picks based upon game one of the second round. I have picked both the losers of the first game to go on to the net, to the uh, conference finals. And finally, you have Vegas versus Edmonton. This is going to be a crazy series as well. I think that these are probably the two best teams out of the West right now. And they're going to meet in the second round as as per tradition, having the, the, the most exciting round be this round. Um, I've, I've got Edmonton on this. Partially, again, because of my bias towards Vegas. Uh, and I think Edmonton has it together. And when you have three scores over 100 points, come on, you got to get to a conference final at least. So that's my take on everything playoffs. Uh, sorry if I didn't do too much detail, but again, I've been sl- kind of watching and, and trying to catch as many games as I can. But the weather's getting nicer. You know, I'm trying to hit the links a little bit more. And, uh, you know, the caps are out of it. But I am definitely still keeping track. Um, so let's uh, let's get into the Washington wrap round. But first, I do have to tell you about our incredible sponsors, Raycon and DraftKings Sportsbook. With Raycon, you know, let's face it, with coffee starting at $5, yes, even without any customizations in our bank account somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most Products do the same thing but are priced differently solely based upon the brand name. So a good duplicate or dupe is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you can definitely you definitely shouldn't sleep on Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is a premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want when you want without breaking the bank. Their mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big name 
tech brands out there. Raycon knows, know, Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options. Right now you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. You have an easy and free return guarantee and they offer two years of protection insurance for just a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and flat free international shipping. And they have over 50,000 five-star reviews. They have three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, awareness mode, custom gel tips for the perfect, most comfortable in-ear fit, crystal clear call quality, water and sweat resistant, eight hours of playtime. It's really a no-brainer. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPIN today. That's buyraycon.com slash THPIN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off buyraycon.com slash THPN. And you can use the code THPN uh, for that sponsorship. So, you know, here at Capture, we're always giving you deals, folks. So if you're in the market for wireless earbuds, enjoy the 15% off that we have just given you and Raycon because they rule. Also, DraftKings Sportsbook. Light the lamp during hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make five make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. There's a ton of things that you can bet on right now, folks. You should definitely get this app. Get the Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. I think everyone I know is betting on sports at this point, especially hockey. And I think a lot of people probably lost a good amount of money in this past round. So upsets galore. I don't know if you're going to even out in the second round because I feel like there's probably at least going to be one upset incoming here. But you never know. You may be able to hit it big betting on those those uh, upsets. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 1-800 or call 800-327-5050 or visit Gambling Helpline ma.org in new york call 8778 hope ny or text hope ny 467369 in kansas call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of boot hill casino and resort kansas city 21 roller in most eligible states but age varies by jurisdiction eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for details see draftkings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible game gambling resources all right, so we paid the bills there. Let's talk about the Washington Capitals in this week's Washington Wraparound. All right, big news on signings for the Washington Capitals. They are taking a bit of a risk, and they have signed six foot one, one hundred eighty-five pound Ivan Mira Mirashnichenko. Mirashnichenko. To an, man, it's going to be tough to pronounce uh, moving forward. Marashnichenko, but hopefully I get to say his name a lot as he lights it up here in the States. To an ECL at 855K per year for three years. He'll make 82 and a half if he plays in the AHL. Uh, this definitely this move took some doing as Avangard had to terminate his contract and the GM of that team said it was a little bit premature, but he wasn't going to stand in the way of his players' dreams. And, uh, you know, he's willing to let him walk. He did have, uh, he was in the final year of his contract. Um, so it was just one year that they lost. But in the same sense, you know, 
he's a young guy uh, and he wants to make his way to North America, which is great. Uh, you know, there is sometimes, you know, we talked, remember Evgeny Kuznetsov getting him out of Russia? That was tough. Primarily because he probably wanted to make the money in Russia and play there, but also because, you know, who knows what kind of threats or bureaucratic things that he had to do to get out of the country and come over to the United States. Um, this may, and honestly, for the Caps, this may be a smart move. Get him out of the grips of Russia. He can always go back later, but get him out now before he's proven that he's a stud, if he does so uh, prove to be one, um, and let him play in the North America game now. Because we did draft him. We spent that first round on him in 2022. So we want to get him, want to get him over and see what he can do. You may remember though, uh, the reason that the Washington Capitals got him was because he was projected to go top five, but really fell down. Uh, and we picked him up in the first round at pick 20 because he was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, he, you know, went through treatments in Germany and seems to be healthier now. Obviously he, th- he's, uh, he's made a pretty full recovery. At least that's what they're saying. Um, and, you know, he was cleared in June, but didn't make a game appearance until November of 2022. But previously, he had a very impressive resume in international play, captaining Russia's U17, U18 teams, and wore the A on the under-20 team. Uh, post his recovery with a prone junior Russia play, he's been decent, all things considered. He's been pretty good. He's had He had three goals and four points in the KHL with an average of eight. Eight minutes and 27 seconds, not a lot of time, but he still, you know, potted a few points in the 20-ish games that he played uh, in the KHL, which is obviously the top league in Russia. Uh, The fact that he came back is honestly crazy anyways, because he was supposed to miss the entire season. Uh, He had three assists in four games in the Super League, which is kind of like the, I, I think, like the AHL equivalent in Russia and 10 goals and 14 points in 12 games in the Russian juniors uh, and seven points in 16 playoff games at that level. So at the junior level, he's tearing up, but there's two more levels till he gets to the KHL and in the KHL, he was limited on ice time, but he still performed. He still had a few goals. Uh, What's interesting here with these stat lines is that there's always many more goals than assists. Um, So definitely positioned to be a sniper um, and you know he's the left wing right handed guy. He's uh, his game style has been compared to Ovechkin, uh, and he loves that one timer from the left circle. So as far as this move, it, it does reek of desperation by the Capitals. And let's face it, the Capitals are desperate for talent, uh, especially a sniper like Ivan here. So I do agree with the GM, his GM in Russia's assessment. Uh, it's a bit rushed, but by all accounts, this kid's like a natural leader. And mature beyond his years, not to mention coming back from so much adversity so young. Uh, the kid's a fucking inspiration, straight up. Um, you know, we just drafted him in 2022, so we're definitely looking for an immediate payoff uh, through the draft, which would be incredible, right? Saves us budget, first of all, saves us cap space. And, um, you know, it's somebody that we drafted. We don't have to go out and, and give up assets for this guy. Uh, we just spent a draft pick on him last year. And like I said, if not for his illness, he was looking at a top five, uh, going in the top five in the first round. Now he he dropped to 20 and we picked him up there. 
And this may be a huge value move for the, for the Washington Capitals. Um, but the scouting report on him is, you know, he's a great skater with a ton of offensive upside, both as a scorer and a playmaker. He's got a ripper on all of his shots and has a backhand too. Uh, he doesn't veer away from physical contact and he can forecheck effectively. He has good hands uh, so he can dangle and he's physical. So just like Ovi uh, in the sense uh, of, of those are pretty much all of the archetypes of what Ovechkin does. So I really hope that he is the next Ovi, though um, I doubt that he actually is. Even just a 20 goal, 30 goal guy from uh, would be insane for the Washington Capitals. You know, 20, 20 goals, 50 points, 60 points. Uh, that would be an incredible rookie season for this kid. And I hope that it gets there. Though I do think that he'll probably start the year in Hershey and be called up. Uh, if he proves to be a killer in the NHL, I have to think that they're going to give him a shot. Even over guys like McMichael, even though it's a different position, and uh, LaPierre and um, you know any of the other, you know even Snively, unfortunately. So who knows what's going to happen, but the potential is is very high in, in most people's uh, assessment of him. The drawback, which there always is one, is he's a bit of a defensive liability. He's inconsistent with off-puck coverage, is known to fly the zone early to get a scoring chance, all things that good goal scorers do. But this is something that a team can improve, and getting custom to the North American game, um, he'll need to, what, what, and he can continue this kind of style of play, though he's going to need to work on his defensive uh, positioning and effort there. All things that he can improve, like I said, but he will if he's going to play this style and and be known as a little bit of a defensive liability. He will need to fill the back of the net more than he gets burned gambling or missing his man. That's for sure. Um, so I'd expect a short leash on him and see what he does in Hershey. And if he looks good there and starts dominating, then who knows? Who knows what the potential would be for him at the big club? The Caps have been searching for a player like this for several years. You know, is is Ivan the chosen one? I sure as hell hope so. I think that he's got a great attitude. I think that he's shown a ton of grit, persevering through all of his personal illnesses and things. Um, and like I said, he's obviously a natural leader, having led so many international play teams and, and kind of being that guy. So can't wait to see him. I hope I, we do see a lot of him. The Caps did sign Alexiev for two years, a uh, bit of a bridge deal. He was going to be an RF. He's an RFA. Um, got him for two years at 825k per year. That's a really good deal for Alexiev. I hope that this is viewed by him as a show me contract, and that he absolutely, you know, makes that 825k look incredibly cheap. That's what I'm looking for for Alexiev. So we needed him anyways. I'm glad that the team got a pretty team-friendly deal here. Uh, they did have the, all the leverage considering they owned his rights. But at the same time, I really do hope that he performs and continues to perform well. He wasn't bad last season, even battling through and being in and out of the lineup. So this is really what I'm looking for from Alexiev is a breakout year for him. He's, you know, past his rookie season-ish, even though I would I think he might still be considered a rookie next season. He's, he's gotten a taste, so hopefully he can solidify his position in the defensive core every night with the Washington Capitals this next season. 
got some weird news out of Boston after Orlov was and his team was eliminated from playoff contention, uh, like I said, in this crazy upset against Florida. But uh, when posed the question, do you think that the Washington Capitals would be interested in bringing you back or would you hear offers from them? He said, yeah, definitely. He's interested in coming back. But I don't know if the Washington Capitals will have the cap space. And even if they did, I'm not sure that they would want to spend it on Orlov. I think Orlov is a top two defenseman uh, across the entire league. So, of course, I would welcome him coming back. He's physical. He's offensively talented. And he's a shutdown guy. Uh, he's he's a great player. I, I would love to see him back in, in the capital. But ugh, who knows? Who knows the kind of money he's going to be asking for and term. We've already had the discussion that the money per year wasn't an issue, but the term very well was. Now that he's going to hit the free agency market, I bet there's going to be a lot of teams going to be throwing a lot of money in term at him. So we'll see. Would love for him to just be like, I'll just take the team-friendly deal to be back in D.C. That would be amazing. TJ Oshie had double ablation uh, procedure on his back, which is like, I guess, a needle in the back that is charged with electricity, and then they zap a nerve and kind of cauterize it. Um, it's minimally invasive, but Oshi said he feels better than he's felt in a long time. That's great. Uh, it's great that it's a less invasive surgery than or procedure than actually having like surgery where you fuse, you know, vertebrae together or have to repair discs or things like that. So I would say it's a bit of a band-aid on the on the more pervasive problem that was uncovered after Oshi uh, left the the playoff run. Um, he's also opened up and said, you know, when the team is fully healthy, he feels less of a uh, responsibility to play the physical game. So he's open to, you know, in the in the late in the season, he was like, I'm not going to change my game. That's just how it is. But when you have guys in the lineup like Tom Wilson and Garnet Hathaway and, you know, heavy hitters that we used to have, you know, that pressure can be alleviated from Oshi. And honestly, while we love, I love Oshi's physical play, and I think that's a huge part of his game, he's, he's also a skill player. So he's not just, a, you know, a grinder in that sense, though he does that job very well. So... I'm happy to see him go, you know, be a little bit more timid in the corners um, and play less physically as long as he's going to be able to stay in the lineup, forecheck effectively, and keep putting the puck in the back of the net. And he's still got a lot of goals left in him I and assists. He's got a lot of points left in him in his career. So I really hope that, you know, him, Nick Backstrom, Tom Wilson are – taking this offseason to recover fully so they can be back at 100% during camp uh, when in October when things open back up. Um, Ovechkin, on the other hand, he, uh, he, he left the United States and he's back in Russia probably for a couple months for the offseason to train and, uh, and be with family. So there's that. Hopefully there's nothing crazy that happens that it makes it hard for him to come back to the United States from Russia considering the global climate uh, and politics. So hopefully he, we, he, everything's okay. Um, and I don't suspect anything would be wrong, but, um, considering who he is, but, uh, you know, always worries me when I see, when I see, uh, players go back to Russia for some reason. Um, Final bit of news. Kevin McCarthy and Blaine Forsyth were fired from the organization. Uh, Blaine was a power play guy, which 
he definitely was victim of a lot of vitriol from the Capitals fan base for, you know, a a very stagnant power play, right? The power play has not been what it was, that's for sure. Uh, you know, there were times where the Washington Capitals had the top power play in, in the league for several years standing, and if not the top, at least the top few. Uh, that is no longer the case with... Uh, McCarthy, you know, he was kind of a guy that Laviolette liked. And since Lavi's gone, the Washington Capitals have basically cleared house on the main assistants, likely so that when they do hire a head coach, he has the freedom and ability to bring in his team of coaches. So interestingly enough, it could be a double-edged sword here, right? Uh, a, a well-established head coach probably has a Rolodex of people that he can bring in with a team. If we're going to go with a Jeff Halpern, for example, who's a number, you know, the first year as a head coach, he probably has a similar Rolodex, but they're all likely pretty unproven. They may that that could change, but just on the surface, that's kind of how it looks um, as to what the Washington Capitals want to give their next head coach the opportunity to do. But I'm not sure that there's going to be, uh, you know, especially a rookie coach, somebody that's going to have two other assistant coaches that he's going to trust and want to be in. I could be wrong, though. Um, And if we do see that, though, we might see some rookie, like three rookie coaches, right? The rookie head coach, a rookie assistant in in the show who may have been in the A or who have may, you know, done whatever. But, um. All things that are up in the air. I don't want to speculate too much, but just kind of thinking about it when 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 we talk about uh, you know head coaches and, and what kind of staff they're going to bring in. So, anyways, Caps fans, that's about all I had. I uh, hope that you enjoyed it. I think that the Washington Capitals are definitely starting to make some moves. This is exciting. Um, I don't know who they're going to sign or if they're going to sign anyone before the playoffs end. And if if I was them, I would honestly wait, especially for the head coaching part. They want to see what's going to happen in the playoffs, who's going to be let go from their prospective teams. You know, uh, there's, you know, something crazy that could happen is like Gallant could be fired from the Rangers. You know, you never know with this type of stuff, uh, especially after a devastating playoff loss. So, <laughs> Somebody's loss could be our gain or, you know, it could be our folly too. Who knows? Caps fans, thanks for tuning in. It's always good to talk to you. Um, Again, episode releases will be sporadic and likely you won't hear from me until the end of the second round, which I'll be back for another recap epi. Um, And if anything crazy, if if any big news happens and if I can find the time, I'll definitely drop an epi here and there. So again, Caps fans, thanks a lot for tuning in. Enjoy your stress-free playoff watching it's already been a roller coaster wild ride in the round one i can't wait to see what round two uh gives us and on top of that i can't wait to see what the washington capitals are going to do in the offseason so stick with us um and i will talk to you later hockey troll signing off Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp Podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. 
Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on social and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.